Whether you're flipping, you're wholesaling, or you're buying rentals, you must be able to buy properties direct from sellers. If you don't have a process, if you're going out to these appointments, shooting from the hip, and you're not having an agenda that you're following, you're losing money because you got nothing to track. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and I've got another presentation from Flip Hacking Live for you guys today, Flip Hacking Live 2019. So if you've been following the podcast with me, you've heard my recap. So I did a recap on Flip Hacking Live and went through all the different speakers and what we did. And then I talked about, I had Becca Shea's presentation on accountability, and we kind of talked about how that's baked into our mastermind group and this new program that we rolled out, the Seven Figure Runway program. And the one that we're closing the doors on, it's only, we're going to go through together for a year. We're going to focus on those clients and those customers and make sure that those business owners have got their business up and running and trying to scale them up and help them grow into that seven-figure altitude group. So today... At Flip Hacking Live on day two, Nate and I did a presentation. Nate, my COO, he's been on the podcast a few times, and I, um, we did a presentation on how to make an extra million dollars with the right team. And I, it was like a proud papa moment. I had my staff there, my whole team was there, all the management staff and a couple other people for the, that work for the company were able to attend Flip Hacking Live this year. And a couple of my, um, a couple of my management members were able to get on stage and do a presentation. And one of them was my sales manager. So my sales manager was on the podcast before his name's Chad King. And we talked about kind of uh, how he got into business, what he was doing. We talked a little bit about flip hacking live and what he did was he came on stage and shared a ton of information about in-home sales. So all the techniques, skills, and strategies needed to sell in homes. And he really brought down the house. I was incredibly proud of him. He did a phenomenal job. I, the, the response that we got afterwards, the emails, the messages, the, um, the accolades that I saw him get at the event, the people that were taking pictures with him, it was like he was a celebrity. It was so cool to see. It was awesome. So Chad, you did a great job. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. He put so much time and energy into that uh, presentation and getting prepared for it. It was amazing to see and ran through it. He sent me the slides early. It was just incredible to see him um, speak in front of 600 plus people and other real estate investors in there. I remember before, before he spoke, he was at, we were in the back in the green room getting prepared and ready. And he just looked at me and said, Hey, any last minute advice? And I said, Chad, I said, when you know what you're talking about, you don't get nervous and it's easy. When you know more than the audience knows about what you're going to speak about and how well dialed in you are and everything that you know, you're the expert. So you won't be nervous up there. Just you know what you're doing. And I remember when I was uh, defending my thesis, I got a master's degree in aeronautical engineering. And when I was defending my thesis at, at uh, grad school, there was a bunch of uh, you know, doctorates and uh, different people in the, in the audience who knew way more than I did about these topics. And I wasn't prepared. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't put 100%, 110% into it. I knew that I, it, I was okay, right? Yeah, like Walter Bond says, are you an A student, a B student, or a C student? And I was kind of like a B student, you know, at that time. And I was focused on other stuff. And when I got up there, I just, I just was nervous. I was sweating. I was bumbling. I, uh, I was stuttering. I just did a, bad, a, a horrible job. It, it was okay because I wasn't the expert in the field. But 
I love when I get up on stage and I'm talking about things that I really know, like how to make an extra million dollars with the right team and the, the who, not the how, and all the stuff that I've been talking about on here lately. And I can get, just get fired up and fueled up and it's, it's so much fun and I love it. Um, I love speaking to that, that audience because it's what I know and I know it really, really well. And I believe in it and I have an opinion and, and I, I can speak to it, no problem. And so when seeing Chad get up there and just be confident and, you know, knock it out of the park, it was really amazing to see. He's really come a long way. So what I want to do is I want to share this with you guys and, um, and listen to Chad King talk about sales and, and bring it to you. And I, I know that it's going to add value to you. So if you're uh, doing some marketing, going direct to sell or negotiating on anything, frankly, this is really going to help. This stuff is really going to help you uh, move the needle in your real estate business and anywhere else in your life that you need sales and negotiation. So without further ado, here's uh, Chad King from Flip Hacking Live 2019, putting on an amazing presentation on sales. Uh, before I get started, um, I'm, I'm heavy content today, so I'm going to dive right in. Uh, to the to the content, I got a lot of lot of slides with a lot of good stuff on them. I'll, I'll flip through, I'll pause so you guys can can take photos. But it's going to be you know I'm going to be delivering it, uh, and then you'll be able to take photos at, at the end when the when the slide's done. So, um, so before I dive in, big shout out to my wife who's out here. If you guys get the opportunity to meet my wife, she's an incredible human being, and she'll brighten your life like she's brightened mine. Um, another big shout out to the team that we've created at Blackjack. Uh, couldn't, couldn't do what I'm doing without Bill and Nate. We've got our whole team out here. So, you know, while we're here, pick our brains. Um, we're here to help. Uh, the book is completely open. I asked Bill, I asked Bill before the presentation, I said, is there anything you, know, you don't want me to tell him? You know, some of these people might be in our markets. Should I not be sharing? Bill's like, share everything. I go, yeah, but we're going to compete with some of these people. You want me to tell them what we're saying to the sellers? He's like, everything. So you guys are going to get it all. I'm going to go through exactly what we're saying to these sellers, um, and let's just, let's just go into it. So yesterday, we talked a lot about, here, I'll just go through. We're going to talk about the appointment, some strategies and techniques that we're using, some pitfalls and objections that we get on the appointment, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about onboarding and accountability. So when you tie it all together, you know how to, so yesterday was all about marketing, about driving leads, okay? You're getting these leads, they're coming in. Now you got to go out and close the deal. You can have the best marketing strategy in the world, PPC, SEO, direct mail, it can all be working great. But if you're not able to close the deal, you're going to spin your wheels. Okay? That's why I'm up here. That's what we're going to talk about is how to get people to sign on the dotted line and be happy about it. Okay? So just a little bit about me. Uh, I'm going to skip the whole backstory. You guys could probably care less where I was born. Um, I got a kind of a cool story about getting into real estate, but I'll tell that when I have a little bit more time. The, the theme of my story is kind of commit first, figure the rest out later. Um, you know, those who are trying to figure out every single little detail before they make a commitment are usually the ones that get stuck in that analysis paralysis. So theme of my story was just commit first and then figure it out. Um, so credibility a little bit. Let's fast forward to now. Over the past 18 months, I've been involved in 143 successful transactions. Uh, that have generated uh, $2.133 million in gross revenue. That's profit. Um, and when I say completed, I mean that I either got the seller to sign on the dotted line or the buyer, and in some circumstances, both. That number would be higher if I counted both ends. But, um, so that, that's kind of uh, my, the last 18 months, and I've been over on 1,000 in-person appointments belly-to-belly -belly in my career. Uh, so 
I don't have some Superman sales gene or anything like that. I've just been doing it. Like, it's just experience. So um, I want you guys to know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you guys exactly what I say to these sellers. And you guys can just say the same things. I don't, I don't have anything. There's no silver bullet to it. Um, so the goal for the presentation, I'm going to deliver some valuable, actionable content. Right? My goal for you guys is to like, take away a couple of things that are going to be, that you can implement. Like if you guys can just grab one or two of these things that we're doing and just take them back to your business and make more money, then, then I've succeeded. Um, after I saw Andy's presentation, he was making everybody laugh. Last night I was like, should I add some pictures and make some people laugh? And I didn't, so it's all content. If I make you laugh, great, but I'm here to deliver value, so that's what I'm going to try and do. Uh, the first topic we're going to talk about is direct-to-seller acquisition. Second topic is going to be strategies and techniques that we're using, and then some objections, some pitfalls that I see people when they are going out to these appointments, some things that are getting them, you know, the reasons they're not closing the deals. All right, and then the, the third topic is, is hiring and onboarding. So now you get to that point where now you know how to do it, and you need to bring somebody on board that can do it for you, okay? And we'll talk about that. I was up last night working on this presentation because it was based on the feedback that I'm getting and some of the questions that I get from the group. And a lot of those questions are based around, hey, you know, how do we get good people on our team? How do we get them to close deals? Like, I got this constant uh, revolving door of acquisitions people. Like, that's a problem. So we're going we're gonna to touch on all that kind of stuff. And forgive me, I got my notes are really small up here. So if I'm looking down, I, I apologize. Um, when I go through this content, right, you guys might not use it word for word. I encourage you guys, be authentic, be yourselves in these appointments. Uh, this is just what we say, and, you know, I got one of my acquisitions reps here, Josh. You know, he might say it a little bit different. Um, just understand the concepts behind what we're saying and what we're trying to accomplish with these sellers, okay? So let's talk about the appointment. You've generated the lead. Lead intake is... Um, They've set the appointment for you. You're going out on the appointment. This is all with the preconceived notion that you have done run, run your numbers, okay? I'm not going to go into ARVs and how to calculate your MAO and all that stuff. You guys need to know how to do that. You need to know your numbers before you go into these appointments because you're not going to have the confidence in order to close the deal if you, cannot, if you don't know your numbers prior. All right, the art of direct seller acquisition. The how and the why. If you don't have a process, you are losing money. If you're going out to these appointments, shooting from the hip, and you're not, you don't have a, 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 I don't want to use the word script, but basically kind of a layout that you're following, an agenda that you're following, you're losing money because you got nothing to track, okay? Whether you're, and then this is important, whether you're flipping, you're wholesaling, or you're buying rentals, you must be able to buy properties direct from sellers, okay? Uh, it's very important that you, you can get deals on the MLS, you can get deals from wholesalers, but you have to understand those deals already have a little bit of the meat on the bone cut off. If you're going to get great deals, you need to be able to create your own deal flow, and creating your own deal flow will allow you to have a scalable business, okay? So if you can have leads coming in, you can pick and choose what deals you're going to flip, right, versus flipping one and then having to go out and go on the MLS and find another one. Okay, let's talk about the how here. So the appointment puzzle. You, number one, you got to seek to serve. Now, this is in the appointment. You have, to, you have to be a problem solver. You have to seek to serve these people. If you're not helping people, it, it, you're not going to get very far. So number one is seek to serve. Number two is you got to know how to uncover motivation. If you do not understand how to uncover motivation and ask the questions that can lead you to why these people are selling these properties at a discount, you're not going to be able to leverage that to close the deal. Okay? These people, if, if, if we're out at the house, they're not listing it with an agent, 
there's a reason we're out there. It's our job to find out what that reason is and how we can help. The third piece of the puzzle is you got to be able to solve problems and present solutions. Um, it speaks for itself. I mean, that's what good salespeople can do is they solve problems. And the fourth piece is close deals. The irony here is the fourth piece is the easiest piece. If you do all other three correctly, the fourth one is easy. The, the close should be seamless as long as you're doing the other three right. I'll go back. I, I'll pause for a second and let you guys take a photo. Okay, and then the why. Help people and make money. That's what we do. Our motto is changing lives one house at a time. If you are only doing one of these, you will not be in business for long. If you're helping people, helping a lot of people, you're not making any money, your ship's gonna run ashore soon. And if you're making a lot of money and you're, and you're screwing people over, you're also not gonna not last very long. All right, so let's get into it. Strategies and techniques this is what we are using. This is, I'm going I'm to put up some quotes up here. This is what we are saying to the sellers. You're, you're also going to see a little bit of a theme here. The theme is I'm going to put up a quote of what the amateur says, and then I'm going to put up a quote of what the pro says. So it's going to be, you, you'll see, you'll, you'll catch on quickly. Um, and these are the strategies and techniques that we are using right now in our business. Okay, so now I'm, we have three sales reps that are out in three different markets, buying houses at a very, very high level. We're going into two new markets this quarter. Um, it is the stuff that we teach, that we train on, and um, that I'm going to share with you. These are, there are a lot of other things that we do. These are just the top, the top ones, okay? So I grabbed the top ones. These are, these are them. Um, yeah, they allow us to get our deals sometimes five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 cheaper than our competition. We actually are getting properties under contract for less than what someone else is offering because we are a more professional organization, and these are some of the things we're using. Would you guys like to hear some of the strategies and techniques that we're using? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Number one, advance agreements. Number two, Socratic questions and mirroring. And number three is price anchoring. Again, these are my top three. I'm going to put some stuff under them, and then you guys can take a photo. The purpose of advance agreements, to eliminate ambiguity, stalls, avoid maybes and think it overs. So we hate those. Like, let's get to a yes or no, right? And remove pressure and sets expectations. The Socratic questions are designed to uncover your prospect's true motivation. And price anchoring is done to adjust the prospect's frame of reference to make your offer look more appealing, okay? So I got those three. Now you guys want to see some examples of what they look like, what they sound like? All right. Advance agreements, okay? Again, the purpose of advance agreements is to eliminate ambiguity, remove pressure, and set expectations, okay? So the amateur walks up to the front door. This is an advance agreement. This is an example of when you arrive on site and you're, you go up to the front door of the seller, right? The amateur says, hi, I'm John. That's what the amateur says, okay? Here's what a pro would say, and I'm going to read it, and I want you guys to listen to how it sounds. Hey, Mr. Seller, thank you very much for having me out to the property. Hey, if you don't mind, could I take a minute to tell you how these things usually work? Right. So the way they usually go, I'd love to get a tour of the property, and we can talk about the house. Then I'd love to sit down with you, get to know you a little bit better, understand your situation, see if we might be a good fit. Listen, if everything pans out and you'd like to move forward, that's great. I bring agreements with me on these appointments. If for any reason we don't seem to be the right fit for you, that's completely okay. We don't buy every house we look at, right? You guys see the difference in those two? The first person is saying, hi, I'm John, and then 
it's open-ended on what's going to happen. The seller might say, all right, John, hey, you know, take a look at the property, right? And then you're not controlling the deal, right? The second one, you're removing, you're, you're setting the expectations and you're removing all ambiguity by saying and letting them know exactly what's going to happen in that in appointment. You're telling them what the agenda is going to be, right? And you're also setting yourself up to then, they're not, they're not walking through the house with you wondering, oh, is this guy going to make me an offer? What are we doing? Oh, he's, he's asking me to sit down at the kitchen table. What does he want? You know, like you're, you're getting all that up front, right? You guys see the power of that? That's, that's what we're saying. Some variation, again, make it your own, be authentic, but understand the concept behind why we do that. All right. You guys want to see another advance agreement we get? All right. So this is an advance agreement prior to making an offer or a in, in a negotiation. This is the type of advance agreement you're going to get here. Okay. So the amateur says, hey, would you take 40000 That's the amateur talking. Here's what the pro says before we even talk numbers. Hey, let's say the money aspect of this lines up and we're able to pay a number that you're comfortable with. Let's also assume that we're able to structure our agreement to solve X, Y, and Z concerns that you've uncovered during the, the appointment. If we could do those things, are you able to make a yes or no decision today? Wouldn't you want to know that answer prior to talking numbers? Right? You should not be discussing figures with these people if you don't know if they're even going to make a yes or no decision today right? Because you're wasting your time, okay? So, and we'll talk about what to do if they're not ready to make a decision today. That's completely fine, but you're, if, you're, if you're throwing out your numbers, you're giving up all your leverage, okay? So that's an advance agreement. We, there's, there's variations of those. Those are a couple of the really big ones that we do, and, and they're going to come, come into play a little bit later. So Socratic questions, the purpose is to uncover and diagnose your prospect's true motivation. Some of the, let's say the prospect says, how quickly do you close? What does the amateur say? Oh, we can close very fast, or two weeks. That's what an amateur says. Because they don't know, if, how do you know if the seller is asking that question with the intention that they want to close quick? They might want to close in three months, but you're just assuming that they want to close fast. What does the pro say? Great question. It certainly depends. You must be asking me that for a reason. Answer a question with a question. You're not deflecting. You're telling them that you're going to answer it, but you want to uncover why that they're asking that question to you. The prospect says, hey, we're just looking to sell this place. It's become a hassle for us. What does the amateur say? Okay, I understand. How old's the roof? Right? Amateur's just not actively listening. Right? We talk about active listening, like hearing what they're saying and digesting it. What does the pro say? Hey, when you say hassle, what do you mean? Right? You guys see how powerful that is? Because what that does, and I cannot tell you, I, you guys saw the number, I've been on thousands of appointments. I cannot tell you, when, I, when you ask that question, hey, when you say hassle, what do you mean? The floodgates will open, right? Uh, I had to evict a tenant, and it was a nightmare. They trashed the house on the way out. They didn't pay me rent for the last six months. Oh, man, that must be, that's, that's tough, right? And they go down this path. Right? So what am I doing there? I'm building up ammo to use in the close. So when we're at the negotiation table and we're $10,000 apart, I'm going to say, listen, you, you can hang on to it. Is it worth it to have another tenant trash the place and not pay your rent and then you're going to have to evict them? Right? That's what I'm doing. That's the purpose of Socratic questions is to uncover the true motivation. Right? Hassle is just that front, that front thing. There's a lot more behind that. And that's how you utilize Socratic questions. And then mirroring is just... Um, Mirroring is just repeating the last three words. So if they say, you know, it's been a hassle, you just say, a hassle. And that encourages them to continue talking. Same kind of thing. All right. Price anchoring. Love, love price anchoring. Okay. 
designed to establish a baseline, okay, and adjust your prospect's frame of reference before you make an offer. This number is not an offer. It is designed to, again, establish a baseline. You'll see what I mean here. So what we say sometimes throughout the appointment, it doesn't have to be at the negotiation, but what we'll say is something along the lines of, hey, you know, some investors are buying properties in, out here for as low as, and just hit them with a low number. And they might say, oh, I'm not, I'd never accept that. Oh, yeah, I know. That's fine. You're not making an offer. You're just, you're just establishing a baseline number. So then when you do make your offer, it looks a lot better than that low number that you, you threw out, okay? Hey, my initial numbers were putting me in, but I know there's no way you'd never, I know there's, there's no way you'd ever accept that, right? I know that's kind of another example of a price anchor. I really like the first one. Um, Again, it's, it's a, almost a segue into getting you, and you can ask them into, yeah, I'm guessing you'd want a little bit higher than that, right? But you're anchoring them low. You want to avoid talking about ARVs and these, the numbers about renovated homes. You, you can just avoid, it's best to avoid talking about those because you're anchoring them high. If you're talking about how all these houses are selling for $300,000 when they're all fixed up, and you're trying to offer this person $130,000 for the house, why are you talking to them about how all these, these nice fixed up properties are selling? Because then in their mind, they're not going to want to do that. But when you say, hey, could you, could you believe some investors are buying them for 80 grand around here? And then you're offering them 120, just we're looking at, look at that frame. That's a lot better than 80 in their mind. Okay. So that's how price anchoring works. Uh, it's an incredible, credible tool we use on every appointment. You should be tossing out a price anchor, okay, at some point during the appointment. Uh, let's keep going. I, I'm running out of time. Can you refresh my time? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got to go faster. Major pitfalls and, and deal killers. So these are things that uh, I'm just going to go through it. Okay. Three major pitfalls and major deal killers that we find is not understanding all decision makers or decision makers that are involved or decision influencers, okay? And I'm going to go through just like I did with the advance agreements. I'll show you guys some quotes here in a second. Number two, offering first and or making an offer without an advance agreement. That's major, major pitfall, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt because then we'll go through it. And then number three is next, no defined next step. Those are the top three. Again, there's other things that can get involved in these transactions and prevent them from closing. These are the top three that I see that new investors tend to run into that they get frustrated. You know, I get a, I get a new acquisitions agent and they're like, you know, I, we were talking numbers and then they said they needed to talk to their wife. Well, wouldn't you want to know if the wife was involved in the decision before you're talking numbers, right? And she's not there. So let's go into decision makers and decision influencers. If you do not understand fully everyone who is involved in the decision, you've already lost. You're shooting yourself in the foot and you should not be negotiating if you do not understand who else is involved in making that decision. Okay, the amateur says, hey, it says here on the county records, you're the only name on the title. That's great. I can pay $42,000. Okay, the pro says, can I ask you a question? Besides yourself, who else is involved in making this decision? There's a couple more here. I like the last one a lot. Can I ask you a question? Would anyone be upset if you sold this place without talking to them first? I want to know before I get into the nitty gritty with this seller if, if there's someone that's, that's involved in the decision, right? Because if there is and they're not there or I don't have their buy-in, I haven't built rapport with that person because that, that's the power of belly to belly. And that's why I love belly to belly sales is because you've built that rapport, okay? And 
if, you, if somebody else is involved in the decision, you haven't built rapport with them, they can throw a wrench in your whole game. All the rapport you built can get, a wrench can get tossed in by someone else, a realtor sister of theirs that they had to talk to, okay? Let's say that someone who is involved in a decision is not present. What do you do? Okay, number one, you try and get them there. Number two, go to them. How many deals, I, I can't tell you how many deals I've gotten. I've met a landlord out at his rental property and his wife is involved in the decision. And I said, can we go back to your house? And, you know, I know your wife's going to be involved in this decision. I'd love to talk to you both. Could we go back to your house and maybe discuss? And that's where I get into the situational stuff and the nitty gritty. Okay, go to them. Number three, worst case scenario, live out of state. Hey, could we get them on the phone? Listen, you're telling me they're on board with this sale. I just want to make sure uh, that we get their buy-in while I'm here with you. You know, I'm here to, to, to make the transaction work, and I'd love to just talk to you guys all. Number four, if you cannot do any one of those top three, I withhold my offer, and I'm scheduling a follow-up appointment to meet with the decision makers. You can leave a, a little bit of a range, because some people want, you know, you got to give them a little piece, okay? So you leave kind of a big range. Hey, listen, I'd be somewhere between $100,000, dollars I'm not quite sure. I, I really want to sit down with you and the, the two siblings involved, and, and at that time, I'll really iron out a figure, and we can all sit down together and figure out something that works, okay? Like, just, just that piece, right, is going gonna, is gonna to allow you guys to get so many more deals, because you're, I, I can't tell you how many you, people make offers and then it's just open-ended because there's so many other people that need to make decisions and they don't know that going into it. Wow, nine minutes left. I gotta move. I'm a talker. So let's talk about making offers. Always get a number out of the prospects first. Sometimes it requires you to ask multiple ways, okay? Always get a number out of the prospect first. I'm not ignorant. I know that sometimes you can't. That's what the next part is talking about when you can't, but... I ask them, hey, how much were you hoping to get out of this? And they're going to say, oh, I don't know. You make me an offer first. Okay, I, I completely understand. I get it. Listen, after all is said and done and you walk away from the closing table, how much were you hoping to put in your pocket? Well, I want to walk away with $20,000. Okay. And the mortgage is sixty-three. Okay. What did they just tell me? <laughs> Their price. <laughs> so you got to know how to ask it multiple ways. You got to know how to be persistent. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable if they're really, if they're really not going to give you a number. And sometimes that happens. Let's talk about the offer, though. Assuming you're talking to the decision makers, you've got the advance agreement that they are willing to make a decision today. Again, we should not be making offers if they're not going to make a decision today. We should be withholding that kind of stuff. And then you've already price anchored. The pro says something like this. Hey, what would you say if I offered you 25000 Okay, what did I just do there? I didn't actually make an offer. I just threw out a number. And another reason I love... Uh, body-to-body -body sales is all I'm doing there is I'm looking for a reaction. I want to see what their body language says. Hey, what would you say if I offered you $20,000? If they go, dude, get out of my house, right? Okay, I know I'm off, right? But if I, what would you say if I offered you $20,000? And they stop and they look, I know I'm close, right? So I'm looking for just a reaction. And I'm not actually making an offer. I'm just throwing out kind of an arbitrary sentence there. But that gets the conversation going. If you have to make that number first, throw something out there like that that gets the conversation going. Let's say the prospect says, nah, the least I'd take is 45000 What does the amateur say? The amateur tries to split the difference. Well, how about 35000 Okay. And what does that do? Nothing. That doesn't do anything. Because now what's the prospect going to say? Well, what are, can you do 40? And you're just bargaining at that point. You're splitting the difference. We don't do that. 
You're, you're, all you're doing is bargaining. And if you offer 35, if you come up from 25 to 35 without an advance agreement that they're gonna make a decision, they're just gonna keep asking you to bid yourself up, okay? What does the pro say? Hey, listen, I, I don't think we can pay that and still be able to make money. I'll tell you what. I can make a phone call to my financial partner and see if he can sharpen his pencil a bit for us. Before I do that, if we were able to get our offer up to 35,000, would you be able to say yes to that? Again, I'm not completely sure I can do it, but I definitely don't, I don't wanna waste his time. How powerful is that? What am I doing there? I'm getting a commitment from them before I even bring my offer up a dollar. I wanna know if they're gonna say yes to that, okay? I wanna avoid the bargaining. Try and avoid that. And I'm getting an advance agreement that they're gonna say yes, and you can go outside and, and Sometimes I go outside and just call my wife and tell her I love her. You don't have, you know, if you guys know your numbers, you can do, you can call whoever you want. Um, but you guys understand the concept behind that, right? Again, that's, that's why I love belly to belly. And then follow up. Um, anyone can get the low hanging fruit. I mean, I was talking to some, some, some investors out there and they're talking about how their acquisitions guys are not producing, not performing. Like the money is made in the follow up, Right. If, if you get a lead and somebody's asking $100,000, any person can go out and sign a contract for $100,000. You can get your dog to do it. Um, it's, it it's really about the, the, the reps that are willing to hammer the follow-up, self-gen the deals. Like That's where the money is made, is in the follow-up. Okay? So the scenario, let's say this. I'm going to run a little quote by you. Just to let you guys know how accountable we are to our follow-ups. The scenario is the deal is not closable. The, the, the amateur says, great meeting, Mr. Seller. I'll call you next week to check in. How many, I'm guilty of it, how many people have left a deal open-ended like that, and it's like, they just left it open-ended, and they say, I'll call you next week, and then they play phone tag with them for two months, right? That's not fun, and that's not, that's not professional, that's not business. Uh, the pro says, great meeting you today, Mr. Seller. I'm going to be in the neighborhood Thursday afternoon, between two and four. Could I stop by then, talk a little bit more about us purchasing the property? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, how about 3.30? That's great. In calendar, follow-ups. You want them in the calendar scheduled, okay? This, this whole, like, call you back and then it gets lost in the wheat. Don't do that stuff. It's expensive to drive these leads. And that's why I talk about all these strategies and techniques. And that's why I talk about having this process because it costs you guys money to, to get these leads and you need to nurture them. I worked for Xerox uh, out of college for a few years and it was a little bit different because... If I fell on my face or I messed up a lead, I just walk to the next door and just knock on the next door. I get to start again. But with us, you know, you, you guys, are, these leads are expensive. And you guys got to monetize these leads. That's why it's, it's so important that you're following a process that you can track, okay? All right, I got a couple minutes left. You guys like that, strategies and techniques? You guys get something from that? That is what we are doing in our business right now and producing at a, at a high level. Those are the things that we're saying to sellers. So, um, yeah, please, I mean, if you guys got some out of those, use those, take them. They work great, okay? Let's talk about onboarding an acquisitions manager. Okay, let's talk about what we do, how, how we get acquisitions people on our team. I have, I've hired now three high-producing acquisitions agents, uh, hired, trained, onboarded, and we're about to bring on two more. Um, I mean, jo Josh is here. You guys can pick his brain. He's my rep in Chattanooga, which is a tertiary market, and he's consistently producing at a high level. Um, guy's going to make over six figures next year. I mean, he's doing really, really well. Uh, and, and I guarantee you, you talk about any of those strategies and techniques, pitfalls and objections, and he knows that that script. Okay, that's what we equip them to go into the field with. 
Uh, okay. I don't have time. I was going to run through a perfect sales call, but I don't have time to do that. All right, let's go onboarding acquisitions manager. Week one, basic systems and processes, right? Database. We're going through tools, comps, what tools we equip them with. Ideally, you have this, this part of the process. Ideally, you have it op automated. Week two is in the field training. Two days they shadow me, two days I shadow them. We're running through the calls after, we're breaking them down, you know, but I'm shadowing them after that second day, after they watch me do it a couple days. Third week is in the field training. If necessary, I mean, if they really pick it up and you feel comfortable, you can bump everything up a week. And then week four, I'm doing daily Zoom calls. I'm daily Zoom calls for about an hour. We're going through the appointments they had, their numbers, the objections they ran into, their appointments for tomorrow, what their pre-work looks like. I want to check their pre-work. I want to check everything, okay? And then week five and six are uh, Zoom calls like every other day. You still want to be doing that. And then week six and, and up is just the training and accountability that I'll talk to. It's, it's about the ongoing training. So for some of you guys, you might look at this and say, uh, no way, six weeks, right? I, I don't want to spend six weeks training these people. Well, that's your problem, right? That's, that's the problem is like, I hear this revolving door of, like, I, we I can't get good sales reps. You know, I, I hired somebody, and I, I, I told them to go out and get contracts. And, and two weeks later, I, I had, they're, not, they're not producing, right? That, that's your fault. Hey, you got to take ownership of that, right? And you have to invest and pour into your people, especially in the beginning. Like, we pour into our people, right? And if they, if they leave, and that, that's unfortunate, but I'm looking at myself, like, what did I do wrong, okay? And... We're having a great, we have a great retention rate, and it's, it has a lot to do with how we pour into them in the beginning. Okay, so this is just the, some of the ongoing training that we do. Okay, we have weekly sales teams meetings. Uh, those are for skills. We record all of our appointments. I have every single one of my reps records their appointments. This is not a Fitbit. I brought this up here to show you guys what we use. I buy these for my reps, so they have no excuse not to record their appointments. All you do is flip a little button, and it records appointments, okay? They break them down, they upload them into the system. Each week we'll do, we do a round robin, we break down somebody's appointment. I still record every single one of my appointments, okay? If you're not recording your appointments and training on those, like, again, you're losing money, okay? Does anybody want an appointment recorder? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. All right. I'll find me after, I'll show you how to use it. Uh, weekly pipeline calls, we, we're talking about revenue. I want to see how much money they have in the pipeline to close, right? And then also what deals they're going to be loading in. We're, we're just one, it's 15 minutes is that pipeline call. They're quick, right? Hey, what do you got in the pipeline? Okay, this is closing, this is closing. What's your revenue projected? Okay, what deals are you bringing in next week? What's that look like? You got to have constant, constant eyes on the future. Weekly one-on-ones, sorry. Weekly one-on-ones for morale. That's just end of the week. Morale calls, and then quarterly one-on-ones, and that's I'm going over performance, okay? That's that ongoing six-plus weeks. That's kind of what we're doing. And then obviously calls as needed, you know, on a per-deal basis. KPIs and expectations. They talked a lot about KPIs. My clock's out, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, KPIs and expectations. The, the team talked a lot about, you know, the core values and the hiring and all that stuff, so I don't, I'm not going to dwell on all that. Well, this, these are the three numbers that I want to know. If I'm on an island, I want to know these three numbers. Okay, appointments completed, offers made, and contracts. Here's my expectations for the team. 
eight to 12 appointments completed. If we can't generate them for you, I, I, I encourage my reps, or I expect, I'm sorry, I expect my reps to generate a couple themselves. If we're at six, you know, they should be generating two themselves. A couple of bonus KPIs, follow-up appointments, and self-gen leads, okay? So follow-up appointments, again, I told you guys the importance of that. And then self-generated leads is something I wanna, I wanna keep an eye on too because we're pouring in, you're giving them leads. Like we wanna see that reciprocity from our reps. We wanna see that they're out there working, they're asking for referrals, right? They're out there networking, trying to get deals themselves, okay? And then they should be bringing in a couple of contracts a week at those numbers. Let's go, pitfalls when hiring acquisitions. Okay, this is that revolving door we're talking about. There's a lot here, so I'll tell you why guys when it's the end, you can take a picture. Uh, you must take extreme ownership. I talked to you guys, I said it's your fault. If you lose an acquisitions rep, you need to look internally first. That's the first, how did I fail them? That's my biggest thing. If I lose somebody, dude, I screwed up. Well, what, did I, what did I do wrong? Right? If you're throwing your hands up every time somebody leaves, like, that's, it, you, might, you might need to look in the mirror. Okay? Not setting clear expectations to start. Not understanding the sales reps why. It's not always about money. You need to understand what drives, what motivates the reps. Okay? Accountability tracking, that's a lot about the KPIs and tracking those things, and as well as the recordings consistent training that we talked about doing on a weekly basis. And you guys think it, it's not that much of a time commitment. You know, the first, the first few weeks, you really need to pour into them. But after that, the weekly sales call is an hour, okay? My pipeline call is 15 minutes. My weekly morale call is a check-in. It's 10 minutes a week. And my quarterly one-on-ones are an hour, and that's once a quarter. That's an hour and a half a week. Can you guys set aside an hour and a half a week of your time to make sure that your people are happy, right? That's what you need to do in your business. And then providing the tools, show, not say, and the vision is not clear. That's all of them, you can take a picture. Show, not say, like I'm big on, you need to know how to do these things, the, the, the strategies and the pitfall, you need to know how to buy these properties and how to get them under contract. Not saying all you guys are, I know you guys are not all going into these houses still, but you need to understand how to do it because you have to be able to show somebody how to do it, right? Am I good? Bill's giving me the wrap-up. Mindset. I, I left this. All right. Listen, guys. We have plenty of people up here to talk about mindset. I really wanted to dive into the content and the strategies and everything that we're doing. It really all comes down, at the end of the day, it comes down to mindset. That is going to be contagious for you. Stop being, wherever you, be where your feet are. Okay? Don't compare your business to where we are right now or anybody else's. The only time you should do that is when you're trying to rip some of our content to implement to yours. But be where your feet are and start where your feet are. Okay? And, and stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start getting excited for what could go right. right? Um, control what you can control. If you can't control it, don't stress about it. That's not your monkey to bear. Okay? Control what you can control and take responsibility for everything that is in your control. Okay? Seek to serve. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Work hard. Don't ever, ever give up. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. All right. That was uh, Chad King, ladies and gentlemen. Chad King. So uh, awesome to hear that again. It's really nice. I talked about it after the accountability presentation that we put out on the podcast last week or a couple days ago. But uh, it's just nice to be able to listen to that again and go through it. And 
um, be present here in my office and, and be able to hear it. So it, go through and listen to that as many times as you guys need. There's some gold in there when you're talking to sellers and, and negotiating and e even anything that you're dealing with. If you're negotiating for a car, like the, I love some of the things that he said in there. And hopefully in the intro, right when he started, he said his goal is to figure out how to get people to sign on the dotted line and be happy about it. So if you can go into thinking that way, that's the goal. Um, 143 transactions for 2.13 million in gross profit over the last 18 months, just him. He was responsible for closing all of those, either with the buyer or the seller or sometimes both. Really amazing over a thousand appointments in person. So it's really, really good stuff. He talked about um, the different things that I love the amateur versus the pro. What does an amateur say? What does a pro say? So think about it. What are you saying right now? What are you saying to those sellers? How are you negotiating? Um, can those skills be tuned up? Can they be modified? Can they be advanced for you? And you'll be able to buy more houses. You'll be able to buy more houses at deeper discounts and be able to negotiate in anything that you do. I'm working on negotiating right now with my kids. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, he'll be three next week, and an almost two-year-old and, and my wife. And I got to figure out how to negotiate with them because they're killing me in the house. My kids are just getting everything that they want all the time on a regular basis. Phenomenal negotiators. So I'm going to listen to that one more time and then go, go after uh, my five-year-old and see if I can uh, see if I can uh, get, a, get away with not having ice cream every night after dinner. So um, really get great stuff by Chad. And Chad is just one of the team members that I put up on stage. So we also had Val. Uh, Val is just an unbelievable, unbelievable person. Incredible story about her opportunity to come to this country, uh, winning the green card lottery and, and coming in. And you've heard from my staff, uh, Val and Heather and Ashley, who were all on stage on the podcast before. If you haven't heard it, you can go back to the previous podcast, past podcast episodes and listen to them. You can also listen to the one that I did with Nate Johnson. Nate and I did a presentation, my COO, um, on stage about our people and how we find higher train and lead the right people to, uh, to be able to build a business, a better business around what we're trying to do. So these guys are just incredible with what they're doing. And on the last podcast, I mentioned the seven figure runway and the seven figure altitude groups. So we rolled out a new mastermind program at Flip Hacking Live called the seven figure runway. And we're closing the doors for that next week. So this podcast will come out uh, somewhere around Saturday, Friday, Saturday, probably in uh, the middle of October. And we got about five, six more days before we close the doors to that. So what I wanted to do with this mastermind group was I want to figure out how to pour everything that we have into the, into the, the members that we have for 12 months straight and really bring them in as a class and move them through this process of, um, of understanding what we're doing, building the foundation. I talked about the video courses that I've created on basically taking my business and, and putting it on video. I've created a training manual for my company and we made a video around it and then we just are giving it to our mastermind members of exactly what we do inside the company. So if this is something that you guys are interested in, something that you guys want to want to look at, then go to sevenfigurerunway.com. So sevenfigurerunway.com and you can take a look at what we're doing. Um, the cool thing that, that I wanted to do is I know that my team and my staff, so we created this video training and it's got everything that we do inside the company. It's got Chad on there. If you want to dive deeper into some of the stuff, he talked about running numbers on this podcast, on this presentation, but he didn't have time to go in running ARVs. He just said, you got to understand that going in. Well, 
I took the time with Chad and I took the time with me running numbers on properties and running ARVs and showing people how to do it. We talked about um, estimating repair costs. We talked about dealing with contractors. We talked about all kinds of different um, things that we do inside the business, how to build your buyers list, working with sellers, working with buyers. It really just kind of almost like franchised the company in every single thing that we do without having to worry about the franchise fees and all those kind of things. So if you go to sevenfigurerunway.com, you can see kind of what we're putting, what we put together, some of the structure of it and what's uh, included in the mastermind group. But the best thing is my team, my staff. So Chad is going to do a call once a month with the members and he's going to do a question and answer. He's going to prep for it. He's going to come prepared with something to talk about each month. And, um, and then my, the rest of my staff is going to do the same thing. So Ashley's going to be on a call once a month. Heather's going to be on a call once a month. Val's going to be on a call once a month. So my team is going to be doing the training. They're the ones, people think they want to talk to me about buying houses and negotiating and sales and, and lead intake and transaction coordination and, and marketing and all that stuff, but they don't. I haven't been in a house in three years. You want to talk to the person who's been on a thousand appointments. You want to talk to the person who's done 143 transactions and 2.13 million in the last 18 months. So he's the guy that's going to be on the call and somebody from my team will be on a call once a week. We record it, we house it in the, um, in the group and we can also kind of ask questions about it afterwards. So all of, you know, post the questions that you want uh, Chad to think about inside the Facebook group, and then he'll answer it on the call. So really cool stuff. We're able to leverage a lot of what we're doing in the real estate business. A lot of uh, my team training uh, some of the people instead of me, because usually when somebody asks me a question, if it's not this high level question, like the CEO, COO relationship, those kind of things, that's where I am right now. I'm in there. I'm in uh, net, you know, the net number, the cash flow, um, the finance side of things, the big picture type stuff, big picture marketing, new markets, expansion, those kind of things. That's what I spend my time doing. What Chad spends his time doing is going belly to belly with the sellers like he talked about and negotiating. So you want to get trained by him and he'll be on a call once a month and Ashley will be on a call once a month and Val on a call once a month and Heather on a call once a month. So my team has the time and the capacity to come in and help you guys and your staff. So um, that's what's happening inside of the group. That's one of the other benefits of becoming one of our mastermind members is being able to just basically plug into what my team is doing. And so I'm really excited about what we're doing. We've got a couple more days before we close the doors. So we want to give the opportunity to the people who didn't come to Flip Hacking Live, weren't able to make it, and have been following us, listening to the podcast and on the uh, uh, on our email list. So if you're not on our email list, you can go to housekeepinghq.com and uh, jump on the email list. But, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast and it's something that you're interested in, go to sevenfigurerunway.com. Check it out. You can sign up there. There's a phone number where you can call to talk to Dave, who um, will talk you through uh, some of the questions that you might have and uh, just have a conversation about is this right for you or not. So um, I'm excited to work with all the members that we have. I know that we're going to shut the doors pretty soon. So if it's something that you're interested in, go check it out. And I hope to be you know, have my team working with you guys and, and get you up and running and hit those levels that you guys want to be uh, hitting inside of your real estate wholesaling and house flipping business. So we're primarily wholesaling and house flipping businesses here. So, um, okay guys, I enjoyed it. I know Chad did an awesome job. He absolutely blew it out of the water. Flip Hacking Live was a phenomenal, phenomenal event. I'm still on a high from it. And I usually I'm crashing after this, going to sleep and, uh, you know, we're pumping out podcasts. We're, we're, we are getting everybody uh, onboarded into the mastermind group, getting them up to speed, 
you know, talking in the Facebook groups, creating more videos. It's just really exciting time in, uh, in the seven figure flipping world. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on the seven figure flipping podcast. If you guys like what we're doing, you like what you hear, please leave us a rating review on iTunes. Uh, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. I've only been running this podcast for a couple of months. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I get a lot of text messages, emails, Facebook messages, stuff like that. But please guys go to iTunes, leave me a rating and review. Tell me what you think. And I'm going to start reading them on here. So I want to start reading. I want to start announcing your name. I want to start um, kind of reading some of the reviews and telling people what, uh, what you think. So drop a rating and review on there and I'll read it on here on the podcast and give you a big shout out to everybody that's listening. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time on the seven figure flipping podcast. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.